This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan, Deputy Editor of NRL.com. I'm joined in the studio this week by Dom Brock and Adrian McMurray. Boys, how was your Easter? There was plenty of big scores across the week. Yeah, it was a good week, wasn't it? Uh, most of us, I think, did pretty well with our teams. Uh, a few scores in the 900s. I think there are a bunch of scores past 1,000 this week. Not from us, as far as I'm aware, but still, pretty good week. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Matt Frawley sort of hurt me a bit and stopped me getting over 900, but generally, a, a good week. Massive shout-out to James Roberts, who was the second century maker. And uh, we've got a massive show, boys. We've got cash cows, team news, player in focus, and, of course, the Q&A section using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. If you want to get involved, you can get us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at Adrian McMurray. All right, let's get into the show. The latest in league. Boys, Josh Dugan is back. Big game against the Roosters. What do we think about the Dragons? They're killing it at the moment, but Josh Dugan in particular. Yeah, Dugan's been a, uh, a fantasy gun in the past. Um, he probably will be again this year, especially if the Dragons keep scoring points like they are. You know, they've been on fire the first... How many rounds have I had? Seven rounds? Seven, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily rush him to get him straight away, wait and see how it goes this week. Um, but if you're looking for a, a score at the back, he's, he's not a bad one to look at. Yeah, certainly in the sort of premium bracket, you know, 427k there. So uh, still a, a high break even. So his score's not, uh, sorry, price is not going to fluctuate too much uh, this week. And they are coming up against a, a pretty good rooster side. He's averaging 45 though, so not a bad option. Uh, for the Tigers, Jamal, Jamal Idris, 220,000. Decent score last week, but he's out again. Is he just going to be in and out all the time? He seems to be killing our fantasy did his, He did his hamstring right at the end of that game, um, chasing a Mitch Moses kick, I think, in the last few minutes. So it's a bit of a pity. I'm not sure how long he's out for, but if you've got him in your team, I think you just sit him in your bench for now. He's got to make money. Signs are he could be around that 40-point player that we want, around 35 to 40 points, so wouldn't panic too much. Just uh, keep him for a moment. I don't know how you guys have structured your centres, but I've sort of started the year with a heap of cheap centres and sort of been moving them in and out each week. I think, Andy, we've talked about this previously. You bring in a guy, he scores really poorly, and then... We're talking about Kelly here. Albert Kelly, uh, not Albert Kelly, Brian sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Brian Kelly. Albert's uh, moved on to the Super League. Um, but so I think for Idris, I just slot him away on my bench this week, and then uh, when he does come back, bring him back in. He scored 34, which was promising, and he has a break-even of one. He's in a lot of fantasy teams, so I think that's what most people are going to be doing with Idris. Sounds like he's going to be in and out of most people's sides all year. Uh, Martin Tapao, Manly, he's back, and don't they need him, Adrian? Uh, woeful performance in the first half from Manly. I don't know how they stayed in that game, but they certainly need him in the middle there. Yeah, well, they lose Lloyd Perrett, and they bring back Tapao. I can't believe he's back after only, what, a week out with the, the rib injury. So um, Nate Miles, obviously, is part of their extended squad as well, so he could be a late inclusion. Um, but, you know, Tapao's been OK. Um, he sort of started last year really well and, and had a few massive scores, and then was a bit more quiet and, and, and always... Uh, tends to miss a few weeks here and there through suspension and, and little niggling injuries. But, uh, you know, not the worst option, um, but I wouldn't be rushing to get him back. But. He does at least help Manly generally <clears throat> to win games. So it's a good sign for your Daily Cherry Evans, you know, Brian Kelly, these kind of guys that they're more likely to be winning games if someone like Martin DePau's in the team. All right, let's talk about the Bulldogs. Obviously, Dave Clemmer is back. He's 369,000. Uh, he's lost 57, so he hasn't been setting fantasy a lot. But if he's a mid-range forward, he could be one to pick up. And I wanted to touch on Matt Frawley. Now, Matt Frawley has been named again in the reserves in Jersey 20. 
he only scored 10 last week, so not setting fantasy alight. But when he's on the field for the Bulldogs, they've scored 56 points and conceded just 14. That is not a coincidence. Yeah. Adrian picked up Frawley, I believe. You got him before his first game. Yeah, that's right. Was yeah. Bargain basement price, which looked like a massive gamble at the time and then looked like a genius move when he you know, killed it in his first game, came off the bench in his second game and was great again. But he can't get a starting spot for some reason. Um, so, yeah, it's a really frustrating one for people who are looking for a cheap half. I don't think you can buy him until he's starting. I mean, if you've got him, like you do, Adrian, I wouldn't worry too much. I, I still feel like he's probably going to start at some point. He has to start. The Bulldogs are a much better team yeah. with him on the park. And I know the Bulldogs have had this problem before with the three halves with Hodkinson, but it's, I mean, from the outsiders looking in, and Des is a much better coach than I'll ever be, but Frawley does look to be the option. And once he starts, his score should go and up. It's not like he's a bench utility. Like, he's just a halfback. So when he comes on, he plays halfback. There's a lot of other versatile guys in that Bulldogs back line. Moses Mbai is probably the, the best one. Can play centres, can play hooker, play, play in the halves, at the back maybe. So playing someone like him off the bench makes more sense, you know, generally for a footy team, you would have thought, except that he's the star and Frawley's the rookie. So it looks like Frawley's on the bench at the moment. Well, last week we saw Leisha start at hooker, came off after about 25 minutes, and by pushed in there to hooker and played out the rest of the game with Frawley at halfback. That seemed to work pretty well. So whether they start like that this week or whether they start again with what worked last week and just have Leisha play the first, you know, sort of opening 2025 and then bring Frawley, uh, you know, it's, but it's frustrating though for Frawley owners like myself because I want to play him, especially because the rest of my halves are in absolute disarray and... I don't know what he's, you know, what he's going to produce every week because of his and he's his capable role. of he's capable of scoring quite well. Like he's not just a cash cow. If he starts, he can get forties and fifties. Does a lot of the kicking and yeah. those sort of things, and obviously a few try assists as well. If the the Bulldogs start winning like they have been, so yeah. you think? I mean, it was quiet last week. I mean, got ten points. I think pretty much all through kick meters, but that happens to the quality fantasy halves as well. They might have quiet games sometimes. So yeah. I think, I mean, I think do nothing. So if you don't have him, don't buy him yet. If you do have him, try not to panic too much and hope for the best. All right, Adrian, you're the South Sydney fan in the room. Uh, Sam Burgess, 490,000. He's averaging 51, but the big news last night, uh, depends when you're listening to this, uh, he got off his shoulder charge. He was looking at two weeks. Uh, so good news if you've got Burgess. Yeah, a big boost. I've got him in my side as well. So I was uh, looking at all sorts of alternatives uh, as to what to do with him there, but thankfully don't have to do anything. But, yeah, he's been um, pretty good. You know, a few rounds, I think, once he, he came off with concussion and didn't come back on, so his score was affected then. But generally speaking, he's been pretty rock solid. Um, price hasn't fluctuated a huge amount, so uh, he's looking the goods, uh, but certainly not one to, to rush to get at this stage. But if you've got him, you know. Yeah, he got 46 on the weekend, I think which is a bit below par for him, but again, don't, don't panic. He's had a few 60s. All right, the big news out of the Panthers, and it caught a lot of people by surprise, even though there have been the, the rumblings for a while. Corey Harawira Naira was a late scratching. Uh, he was on the reserves. And Brass Cartwright, they've both been named on the reserves, but there's a chance either one of them could come back into the team. Yeah, it's James Fisher-Harris. He got named this week, but he's in a bit of doubt again. Um, hurt his shoulder, I think, last week, so... Mm. But, again, who knows? So that, that could mean Bryce Cartwright comes straight back in. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I guess he's, he's another one of those guys like Frawley that if you've got him, just hold him for now. Hope he gets good game time at some point in the season because he'll make fast cash when he comes in. How stacked was that Panthers uh, sort of extended squad? Cartwright, Harawira Naira and Akawala. Um, 
ridiculous. So, <laughs> and if you've got CHN, he's got a break even of minus 17. So he's probably got about 100,000 left in him in price rises. If and when. You've got to remember it's a long season. There are a lot of people that are using their trades and burning through them like wildfire. But you've got to remember it's a long season. And he's the next cab off the rank and prove that he can play long minutes for the Panthers when they need him. Yeah, I got a question on uh, Twitter yesterday. Use the hashtag NRL Fantasy, by the way. Um, someone was asking whether they should, should get rid of uh, Corey right now. And it was like, well, he's still got a heap of cash to make. He still could come back in any time. Just, you know. And presumably you've bought him at the basement bargain mm. price. So he's not costing you any money to hold him on. That's the sort of guy you want to hold on your bench just in case. Yeah, some people are desperate to bring in a, a gun now and are looking for someone to trade out. So I can see why you do it. But if he plays one more game, that could be another 40 grand in one hit. Two more games, he could jump close to another 100,000. So I wouldn't, I mean, if you can avoid selling him, I'd, I'd just hold him for as long as possible. Cash cow. <laughs> All right, let's get into the cash cows now, and we're going to do something different this week. Uh, every round that we get further into the competition, there are fewer and fewer out-and-out out cash cows, but there are lots of players who are making money or might have bottomed out that we might say this is the time to start looking at them. There's a whole host of those players. We'll start with Cody Nikarima, who we talked about last week. Uh, 231000 He made 66 last week with a, a really important try late on in that game, so he jumped 23000 uh, break-even of two, and he could be one of those guys to bring in. Obviously, Riley Jacks is named, but his time as a cash cow looks to be over. Yeah, Nikarima looks like a good buy. Um, he came into the starting side uh, last week with Ben Hunt out for about two months, I think. So he had a break-even of 35, we said on this podcast, <coughs> or, sorry, or I did, that um, you had a week to wait and see how he went. There's a lot of people angry that we sure. said give him a week and he went out and pumped. It seems good. And some of the, the people in this room jumped on him this week. Yeah, um, and he, he did about as well as you could have hoped. So 66 points. Um, that didn't include much kicking. I think he had maybe one point from kick metres. But he made five tackle breaks, got a try, got a line break. Probably more run metres than he's normally going to get in a pretty open game against the Titans. So um, that's probably close to his ceiling of how high he can score. Um, but it's a big score, so that's going to help his price rises for the next five weeks. Um, shows he can score well. I still think he'll probably get around 35, 40 most weeks, but um, that's good enough at, at his price. Yeah, I think the tackle break sort of inflated and the line break inflated his score a little bit. But even if he is a solid, you know, sort of high 30s, low 40s scorer, at his price, he's probably the most appealing um, option, especially when we want to, you know, offload Kane LG, who hasn't really done anything despite scoring all those tries. Uh, you know, hasn't really moved. I, I think he made 25 tackles on the weekend and maybe yeah. no missed tackles, or not many, if, if any. Um, so that in itself gives him a massive advantage over LG, who misses a lot of tackles and tends to score pretty low. Um, yeah, so I think he looks like a good buy. Yeah, he has a break-even of two. He's in 16% of teams, and I think that'll jump this week after his big score. Poor old Kane LG, you mentioned him. This isn't fantasy-related, but his kick was charged down with three minutes to go. Not only that, he then missed the next two tackles on that play, first on Gillett and then uh, the last tackle as well. So he, if you've got him in fantasy, he costs you six points and the Titans a game. That's a bit harsh, but he really should have made the play. Let's move on. Uh, Sam Stone at the Knights. Uh, he's only 208,000, averaging 25, but now he's got a starting role in the second row. Dom, you're the Knights fan. What do we think about Sam Stone? Yeah, so a lot of people um, bought him early on. Um, rather than, or as well as, uh, Yates, who's also 
got a run in the Knights team at the start. It looked for a long while there that, that Yates was the better option. He was dual position, scored more points, got more minutes. Uh, but Stone's come good now in the, in the current team. So a few injuries means he starts in the back row. Um, good sign for his scores this week. I don't know how long he'll stay there. Um, I probably wouldn't buy necessarily, but, um, but yeah, great sign if you've got him. Well, he played 45 minutes last week and made 36 tackles, so that's pretty rock solid and a score of 38. Um, you know, but we talk about this a lot. The the Newcastle pack in yeah, particular exactly. changes so often. Yeah, especially the young guys. They're, they're going to rotate in and out a fair bit over the course of the season, yeah. as they did last year. So, yeah. So it's you know, uh, he could be starting this week. Next week, he could be on the bench or out of the side completely. Who knows what's happening? All we do know is that Bureau is out for a long time, and that's unlucky for him. But there could be a bit of value there, depending if they do cement a sort of rotation of forwards. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we thought. You know, a lot of people were thinking Yates was going to get those big minutes, but... Uh, I certainly did, and I, <laughs> I reversed traits and left him in my... Well, not on my team, but he was the lowest scorer of that whole game. Scored 19, which isn't going to hurt you too much. It's not going to affect his price too much, but he was the lowest scorer, which hurt me. Uh, let's move on. Jared Hayne, uh, 204,000. He's in 30% of fantasy teams, so a lot of people have stuck solid with him, even though he's been out injured. Our reporter, Tony Weebeck from Queensland, reckons that Hayne will have two uh, training sessions to prove his fitness on that ankle. Uh, Adrian, what do you think about Jared Hayne? The, the talk is that he might return this week. Yeah, well, I think for those that have obviously kept the faith, you know, it's great news. But am I the only one that thinks even if Hayne returns to full fitness, he won't be the force, he won't be the, the prolific fantasy scorer that he has been in the past? Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's really expecting him to be as good as he was uh, in that last season at the Eels where he averaged 60 points or something crazy for a fullback. Mm. Um, you know, better than Tedesco's doing now. Um, but he doesn't really need to be at that price. He's about 200,000, so I think he's got to break even in the 20s. 25s. 20s, yeah. So he had a low score in the second round when he got injured. So that's going to hurt his price rises in the short term. Um, but if you can average in the 30s... Um, you know, in the long term, he's going to make a fair bit of money. So I think he's more of a cash cow than a potential keeper. Uh, and if you don't have him, I wouldn't get him this week necessarily. I mean, he might not even play, so... Yeah. I hope he proves me wrong, but I just think he's not even... Not, I'm not necessarily talking about the, the big scores, like the 50s and 60s, sure. but I don't think he'll even... I think he'll sort of be a low 30s, high, high 20s. I mean, since joining the Titans, he hasn't had a big score yet, I don't think. He hasn't really shown anything like his best... So. I mean, he's been coming back from a long layoff, obviously, uh, being over in America. But you've got to think that at some stage, with Origin around the corner too, Jared's a big match player. Mm. You think there might be a couple of big performances just to try to force Laurie's hand. There's a lot of talk in the fullback and the outside backs for Origin. There's a test match before that. I don't think he's in the pitch for that by any means. But with Jared and Origin a possibility... Mm. He might just lift yeah. his game. You can't write someone like him off altogether. Like, he's a champion player. Billy Slater is someone that a lot of people were sceptical about after a long time out with injury. Chris Kennedy, who's not with us he's at the moment. <laughs> I think he did buy him, though, a couple of weeks ago. Anyway. He did. But he's been, he's been great. He's been breaking tackles. He's been scoring better than ever in fantasy. So, you know, that kind of thing can happen. Um, it mostly depends, I think, of whether Haynes, you know, heads in the right place, I think. But, um, yeah. So if you've got him... Good news. If you haven't got him, I'd wait a week or two and see how he goes. 
All right, Angus Crichton, we talked about him last week. Uh, 359,000, a break-even of just one. Uh, for the, all those who snapped him up last week, scored 58 and jumped a massive $44,000. Thank you very much in a week. Uh, what do we think about Angus Crichton? He's not a cash cow, but he's going to make a lot of money. Well, I think he is a cash cow for those who got him last week. Um, he looks so good so far. And if he, as long as he keeps playing close to 80 minutes, he'll make big scores and a lot of money. So... Um, you know, still a gamble about whether he'll keep that up all year. And the longer you wait, the bigger a gamble it is. So, you know, you've just missed 45000 in price rises if you didn't get him last week. Um, it's getting to the point now that if you buy him, certainly if you don't buy him this week and you buy him later, you are buying, buying him as a keeper because his price is going to go up pretty high. So you really need him to score 50s. But on current form, he could do that. Yeah, 35 tackles, 135 metres and four tackle breaks. That's the sort of stats you want from a, you know, a forward. And um, look, he looks uh, like outstanding. I think we, we all bought him last week. Yeah, we did. So uh, big ups to us. I <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess the, the, the good news that some might have missed, but on NRL.com we ran a story, uh, Carl Turner is wanting to keep that front row spot, is happy there and wants to keep it all year, which is great news if you're a Crichton owner. Yeah, that was always the danger that they would, you know, Turner would revert to his role on edge. But seeing as it's sort of working at the moment, and you know, I think Crichton has always been that that promising young talent that's finally getting his chance now. Uh, he's come through a, a few injuries, and and now we're starting to see the the promise um, that was always promised. That was not a great <laughs> sentence, but you get what I was trying Made to say. <laughs> All right, boys, a few that I wanted to mention, obviously not in the cash cow bracket by any means, but Andrew Fafida is $513,000. He's lost 88000 even though he's only had two scores under 50, and he's averaging 54. Uh, is he bottomed out, Adrian? Uh, and is it a chance now, if you're looking for a superstar forward to bring in, you, there's not going to be a better time to buy Fafita this week or next week? Yeah, I think he pretty much has bottomed out. I've had him since round one, and it's sort of been a little frustrating seeing him, those price drops. Um, his scores haven't been necessarily abysmal as well, so I, I haven't been sort of able to justify trading him out, and why would you trade out Fafita given his you know past performances as well? Um, but certainly, yeah, he's looking like a really enticing buy. I think, you know, Paul Vaughan's sort of gone the other way and started really low and now they've sort of met at the same sort of point so um, yeah Fafita looks like a, a really good buy in the next few weeks He's still got a break even of about 50 I think um, and he's not super cheap yet, he's still more than half a million dollars so you are laying out a lot of money um, If you're playing for overall points, I think he might miss four games if he plays Origin as well it's, the Sharks have one of their buyers in a non-pre-Origin round if that makes sense um, so there's a few reasons to be a bit hesitant but you know, in, a, in the past, he's been the best front rower in fantasy, scores 60 points a game or something. So, you know, not a bad buy at all. And just last two in this section, uh, Cohen Hess scored 42, so has a break even of around 50 now. So he's almost looks like he's peaked, but his average has been pretty good at 434,000. If you've got him, he might be a hold or you might look to upgrade him. Uh, and Jaden Braley, obviously, now that he's got the hooker role with Seguiaro out, uh, 300,000 scored 54. So if, for those who have still got Braley, he's still doing doing the work that you need him to do. Yeah, it's great as well uh, from or from a fantasy perspective that McInnes's scoring is he's sort of off the boil at the moment. 
So if Braley can continue his current sort of rises, then you know the the swap there in a few weeks or a few months' time, whenever it'll be, looks like it's on. Yeah, that looks like the obvious swap in a few weeks. McInnes is probably suffering from the fact that the Dragons are scoring heaps of points and he's not doing as much defending as mm. usual. He's still scoring in the mid 40, so yeah. it's not bad at all. Um, Cohen Hess, I think, is still a hold. He's averaging about 50, 51. Still getting good game time. Um, starting now. Starting exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't panic trade him yet. And he, he finally didn't score a try as well. So, uh, <laughs> but that might be due to Jonathan Thurston. Might not. That brings me to the flops. And the only one I really want to mention in a big scoring week was Ben Hampton, who's in 33% of teams. So if you're listening to this podcast, he might be in your team. Uh, 183,000. He's made 27. But with a late shuffle in the Cowboys' pack, he only scored 19 and doesn't look to be the cash cow yeah. that everyone we've, was hoping we've for. We've been really hesitant about Hampton the last couple of weeks, talking about him. Um, he had pros and cons, but the late change on the weekend, with Asiata coming in at halfback Hampton. and Hampton going back to the bench, has pretty much ended his chances of being a quality cash cow, I think. Yeah, and it must, I mean, I guess that's the role that the Cowboys see him in as well, as yeah. the, the sort of impact utility. Um, and look, you know, if, if you have traded him in, there's still a little bit of money to make, I yep. think. Um, but, yeah, certainly hasn't worked out as I think some people were hoping. All right, let's go into our player in focus. And this week we want to look at Joey Leilua. Uh, 390000 He's lost $75,000, uh, averaging just 41, but has a break-even of 15 thanks to scores of 65 and 66 in the last two weeks. Dom, is it time to start looking seriously at Joey Leilua? He's at the expensive end for centres, but has been a gun in the last couple of years. Yeah, so I mentioned him right at the end of last week's podcast because he'd lost a lot more than that. So he obviously had a good price rise this week. Um, yeah, so last year he was the best centre in fantasy, scoring what, close to 50 points a game, I think, high mm. 40s. Um, normally any centre who scores above 40 is a keeper, so um, yeah, and, and his, his combination with um, Rapana on the wing on the Raiders um, right edge is just lethal, and they're both on fire at the moment. Uh, means that they can set each other up for tries. That means tries, try assists. They're both great tackle breakers. Got to say, that scares me against Manly's left edge defence. Sure, they, yeah. They could rack up a monster score exactly. this week. He could be in for a third 16 in a row, um, Leilua. So, yeah, if you need a centre, then he's a great one to get. Um, a lot of people, I think, are looking to get him because he's, so, he's lost so much money. But if you've already got two decent scorers, and I'm counting Sione Mataudia in that, um, even Idris before he got injured, those kind of guys who get around 40, I wouldn't necessarily splash a lot of cash on someone who scores high 40s rather than 40, but um, if you don't have one of those guys and you feel it's time to upgrade a cash cow in the centres, then, you know, he's your man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, I think, uh, for a lot of us, as I was sort of mentioning before, we've got a, a lot of, a heap of guys that are sort of in the 200s, mid-200s, and it's sort of hard to justify um, bringing in Leilua at this point, um, given we probably have you know other areas we need to you know spend our, our cash, but seriously he should go big this week against Manly. They've got the Knights in a couple of weeks' time as well. He should do well there again. Um, sorry, Dom. And I think you know I, I wanted to get him last week, but couldn't sort of squeeze him in and got Crichton instead. That worked out well. No dramas. But uh, yeah, certainly if you want Leilua, get him. 
his scores so far have been 50, 16, 19, which is the low. So I don't know what happened in those two games. But then 45, 28, and then 65, 66. Is there a thought there might be a bit of a false economy with the last two games that he's played? Uh, the Titans and Warriors haven't been the best teams this year, and that's where he's gone big. Is there a worry that those scores are inflated slightly? Yeah, it's a factor. So every genuine centre or outside back um, is going to be a bit erratic in terms of fantasy scores. And he's no different. He, he's only had one good score without a try this year, which is a 45 against the Broncos. Um, he's 50, he scored twice. Uh, he's 65, he scored once. Last week he scored twice. Um, he also scored a 28, which included a try against Parramatta. So he is capable of... Le- like, there's a reason why he's lost all that value on his starting price. So it's not like he's going to be guaranteed to hit 60s every week or even 40s every week. Um, and there's also a little bit of talk that he could be in line for an origin call-up, maybe. I'm, I'm not really sure if that's going to I mean, there's talk he could play the test match, exactly, but I would, think mm. Mal Meninga will be loyal and play Blake Ferguson and Dugan in the centres. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't look out of place if he plays like he has been. He's been knocking on that rep door for a long time. Ricky Stewart thinks he's ready because he pulled him as 18th man last year uh, when Laurie wanted him to be a part of the squad. He's like, either pick him or you don't. So you know he's at that level. So there is a chance that he could miss some games as well. Yeah, so if you're playing for head-to-head, that's a non-factor. Don't worry about origin at all. If you're playing for overall points, it could be a little um, factor to think about if you're looking to buy him. And, and yeah, and don't be stunned if you buy him this week and he scores 30 it could happen, but he's just going to mix those big scores with low scores, and he'll probably still be, if not the best centre in fantasy, one of the best. Yeah, well, they pumped the Tigers a few weeks ago, and he only got 19 points, so there are those sort of games where he goes a bit quiet, but on his day, unstoppable. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah! All right, time for the Q&A section now, and if you've got a question, you can get involved using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. Uh, first one I wanted to throw at you was from Mikey3371 on Twitter. And it's it's a very broad question. He says, strategies for growing your team's value from now on. Obviously, there's not a lot of cash cows that we've mentioned. It, it's really now the shrewd investments now and looking at guys who could potentially have underperformed so far this year. Yeah, so I think it's, it's roughly the same as always. You're looking at the undervalued players. So don't just buy a cheap guy because they're cheap. It could be a very good reason why they're cheap. <laughs> exactly. Well, there usually is. Like, there's um, most players are priced based on what they score every week. So, um, this week, someone like Nicarima should make um, a fair few price rises. Guys that we've talked about, like Crichton, um, Nathan Brown, these guys are a bit undervalued going up off what their scores are. So, um, yeah, it, it, and there aren't a lot of cash cows, as you, said, as you said earlier. So, you have to kind of just wait and then strike when you see one. So, Nick is probably the standout this week. I can't think of many others that are obvious, yeah. fairly cheap buys. But they're going to spring up. People get injured, people get suspended, rookies get their chances. So just wait and see and pick up yeah. the right cash cows when they arrive. Well, yeah, a few weeks ago we've never heard of Corey Harawira Naira and he's gone on to become the most talked about man on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> And uh, you mentioned Nathan Brown and we'll skip ahead to Greg Johnson and Zed. Uh, shout out to all our New Zealand listeners. We're doing some analytics and there is a large... Put- Uh, contingent of New Zealand fans who listen to this podcast, so thanks for following us. Uh, How secure is Nathan Brown on the lock position Uh, and how many minutes can we expect from him? Uh, So that's from Greg Johnson. Uh, 426,000, averaging 45, but his recent scores have been very good. Yeah, they have. Uh, You know, both got pushed back to the bench as well, which is a a big call, but obviously they want to, they see Nathan Brown as, you know, the young sort of bull at the gate uh, and really gets them going there at lock. Um, 
also should be dual position in a couple of weeks yeah, or so. Yeah, could be next week. I think he's played three games at once yeah. so far, so after four games you get dual position. Yeah, so um, certainly that would uh, even you know increase his appeal even more. Um, I think he's for the foreseeable future, really nailed down that position. Um, you know, Parramatta returned to winning ways on the weekend as well. Um, I, I can't see why he, that won't continue. Yeah, so minutes-wise, he plays about 50 or 60, like most locks do these days. He played 80 on the weekend because um, Pritchard got injured uh, at some point, so he had to fill in at hooker, and then I think both Scott got an injury at the end as well. So mm. he played the full 80 for that week. It's a one-off. Um, a lot of time he spent at hooker, which meant not running the ball, so his scores weren't as good as... Usual, he won't always score 50 or 60 like he has in the last few weeks, but um, that starting position, he's a busy guy, can break tackles, makes a lot of tackles. He looks good. His last four scores have been 46, 64, 60, 53, break even of 25. So he looks, if you're looking at someone like him or if you've already got him, then he is killing it for you. And for overall points, Eels have a great buy schedule as well. All right, Bazinga SC wants to know, uh, should I sell Latrell Mitchell? Uh, 329,000, a break-even of 53, averaging 35, rested last week and named on the reserves again. Um, what do we think about this? Uh, he's asking if there's players around his price range uh, who, who we should pick up. Uh, I sort of thought Tim Lafayette or Sione could be the options that are a similar price. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, well, the Roosters are another side with a stacked extended bench this week as well. Dylan Nupp is there along with Latrell, So... Uh, it's weird. He could come back at any time, and but his scoring has been erratic. We saw, I think he got a hat-trick in round one and, and did really well and then um, has had a few uh, sort of hit-and-miss games. Um, but if you are looking to pull the trigger, then, yeah, Lafayette and Mataudia are good options. And if you've got the cash as well, the man we are talking about just before, Joey Leilua, is the uh, the obvious choice there. Yeah, Mitchell's always going to be up and down. He's one of those guys, like, like as we were saying with Leilua, most attacking uh, centres and wingers are going to have their big games and their quiet games. Um, yeah, Mitchell had a few errors and missed tackles in his last game as well, which hurt him a lot. Um, if you want someone more consistent, then Sione Mattati is an 80-minute back rower, so he's going to score around 30 or 40 every week rather than these big scores and little scores. So if that's what you want, that could be a trade. Um, yeah, I, I can also see why you'd hold him and just hope that he gets more big scores than small scores. All right, one of the fantasy regulars, B. Puck, wants to know, potential for Jake Friend uh, to be an upgrade for Braley. Uh, he's dropped a lot of cash, 125000 to be exact. He's averaging 42. Last year he was a gun, obviously, with Mitch Pearce out, which we've talked about before. Uh, Carter's on the bench, but not really a hooker. Does that mean that Friend's minutes could go up? And then we've seen if, he's in, if he plays 70 to 80 minutes, his scores are usually around that 50 mark. So it could be a good upgrade. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a tackle machine. Um, I think he was crook last week, mm. so came off the bench. Um, usually he's a starter, can be an 80-minute player. Um, I've kind of ignored him this year because he was so overpriced, I thought, at the start of the season based on the start of last season where for the first two months with no Mitch Pearce, no Cordner, Warrior Hargraves as well, he um, had to do everything. He made a lot of tackles because the Roosters were getting walloped most weeks and he also did more playmaking than usual with no Mitch Pearce there. So his scores were ridiculous in the first two months of last season, which has hyped up his price a lot at the start of this year. That's come down. Um, I don't know. I still put him in that bracket below the... Cameron Smith, Cameron McGuinness, um, McCulloch, uh, elite three kind of thing. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, he's a step up from other guys. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I guess if you see yourself, you'd be buying him to keep him for the rest of the year. Um, so if you do see him as one of your, in your final 17, then, yeah, go for it. But 
certainly, yeah, as you sort of said, he, he was crook, um, started from the bench. Paul Carter started at hooker last week. Um, Connor Watson's on that extended bench this week as well, so he could come into the mix at some point. He was, you know, he's been outstanding. He, well, he was outstanding at the nines. He's been okay off the bench as well. Um, so yeah, they do have those guys. There's really good utility players there at the Roosters. So it's not like he's ever going to be guaranteed 80 minutes, yeah. like Cameron Smith is or the other guys we mentioned are. All right, let's go into our frenetic extra time round with these questions. Let's just get short, quick answers. Do uh, Heath, Heath Cram, uh, do you see a risk in Crichton's minutes? We talked about him at the top. Do you think he's a keeper with his buy-friendly schedule? There is a risk. He might be a keeper. At the very least, he's great value. Yep, agreed. Uh, Mark Jessup wants to know, is it too late to pick up Cody Nikarima? Uh, no, no. Probably in a, next week or the week after, yes. But uh, at this stage, um, get him if you need him. Okay, Duffelcoat Supreme wants to know. He's saying, help, it's all gone wrong. CHN is out. Should I trade him for Whitehead, yes or no? No. Oh, well, well, Whitehead's a good buy. So if, you're, if there's no other way to get him, then maybe. But I'd probably try to hold him if you can. Yeah, look, if you want Whitehead, look elsewhere in your squad, potentially. All right, and final one from Harrison Booth. Nick Kotrick has been playing well since amending the left wing spot at the Raiders. Uh, could he be a fantasy keeper, uh, obviously been scoring pretty consistently? Yeah, absolutely, for, for the foreseeable future at the very least. Um, certainly the go-to side for the Raiders, as we know, is the right. But, uh, look, I've, I'm starting him every week and we'll be doing that for the next few weeks at, or months at yeah, least. he's averaging the mid-30s, I think, mm. but capable of hitting 50s as he did a few weeks ago. Big solo try. Exactly, yeah, so I wouldn't be trading him out yet. Boys, any closer to knowing your final trades for this week? What, what are you thinking, Adrian? Well, I know I've got to fix up my halves and centres. That's the priority this week. What exactly I'm going to do, I don't know, but uh, plenty of thought will go into that. Do you have Nicarima already? I don't. That could be... <laughs> but having traded for all in a couple of weeks ago, are you willing to waste another trade or burn through another trade to get Nicarima? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, all, anything's possible at this stage. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, we tend to decide these things as late as possible mm. before the round starts. So, yeah, I've got an eye on Nicarima and I'm not sure what else. All right, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you want to get involved, go to fantasy.nrl.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AndrewBrown321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at Adrian McMurray. CK will be back next week. I'm led to believe I might be a late scratching. Uh, get, get us with the hashtag NRL Fantasy. And remember, there's two games on Anzac Day, so it's a bit of a weird round this one. But enjoy your footy. There's plenty of blockbusters coming up. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.